Poison, number two, fluoride. I read somewhere once that the first recorded use of fluoride added to water supplies was during the American Civil War, during which the concentration camp was first invented by arch-tyrant Lincoln to deal with the massive amounts of prisoners the Union began to take after the end of the first year of the Civil War. There were a number of problems with these prisoners, such as surliness, riots, and the serious logistics problems dealing with the needs and wastes of massive numbers of prisoners that really hadn't been planned for or expected. And of course, there are many attempts at escape. So fluoride was supposedly added to the water supply of the concentration camp with its starvation conditions that the Union deliberately kept its prisoners in because it discovered that Supposedly, the drinkers of such water became more docile in much the same way that when you deliberately starve a prisoner, they become much more docile. But I don't think this is possible, and I have neither been able to locate the original article I read, which I believe was in a military history magazine, perhaps, but stupid me, I never kept the detailed bibliography on what I read over the years, unfortunately. And believe me, I'm really kicking myself for that now, because it would really come in handy. And I also haven't been able to find any other sources to confirm this. Indeed, my research actually indicates that this is, was probably impossible because the process that produces the fluorosilicate waste that is added to the water supply at your expense wasn't invented until the 1880s and it wasn't in large-scale use until after 1888. Note that the person who produced this waste was, however, looking for a way to dispose of extremely toxic waste without having to pay for the storage or processing of that waste into a less toxic form. Also note that the person who initially spearheaded all of the efforts of adding fluoride to water was a personal friend of, employee of, and as well as appointed to public office by the aforementioned wastemonger. And if that isn't conflict of interest, I really don't know what is. But what I did find in my research was that the Bolsheviks did deliberately add it to the water supply of the gulags in the 1930s, and it was indeed for making the prisoners more docile, less violent, and less prone to attempts at escape. And the money trail proves conclusively that the USSR was an American investment project in which a dictatorial monopoly was created for Wall Street aristocrats and their useful idiots to milk the entirety of Russia, and later China, dry of all its natural resources without concern of any kind of repercussions from the local populace or the environment. And if the locals ever opposed this, they were just outright murdered, or they were sent to the gulag, which pretty much did the same thing. But uppity American peasants have always been an annoying thorn in the side of the feudal lords who have run America since the 1860 betrayal of Lincoln of the Peerage Lincolns. And they need to be reined in. So sometime in the early 20th century, the decision was taken to start adding known toxins to the various food and water supplies in America and see if it were possible to use clever chemistry to create a class of peasants incapable of revolt. Largely because this was much easier to dump industrial waste directly into the local environment instead of paying the massive costs of detoxification or storage. Indeed, the cartoon The Oblongs was probably taken off the air only too soon because someone in the acronyms realized it hit way too close to home. Because The Oblongs, a 90s cartoon which portrayed a family and everyone they knew, all gibbled up by toxic industrial waste, which they got from living in a valley that was also poisoned by said waste, as compared to the rich people in the cartoon who live in the hills above where the factories they own pump industrial waste into the valley below in which the Oblong family lived. 
and all the rich people are normal and beautiful and happy whereas all the people who live in the valley are all sick and poisoned and somehow gibbled and if you haven't seen it you should really watch it you can find episodes on youtube and probably several other places it's almost as if predictive programming that was a little bit too close to the truth and so it was cancelled after never really properly airing which is a bit of a story in itself, as is the weird guy who created them. The next place that fluoride shows up in North America is in the story of a dentist who became fascinated with how fluoride in water turns teeth nasty colors via the slow poisoning of the human body. Let's be clear from the start, however, that regardless of what aristocrats and their useful idiot bot sociopaths claim, there is absolutely no level whatsoever, not even any level at all that is safe for human consumption. No level of fluoride whatsoever. In fact, all the literature starts with warnings about how toxic fluoride is. From my personal experience, I used to deliver large bags of fluoride when I drove a three-ton truck. I used to deliver it to the water treatment plant, and there wasn't a single time that that substance didn't somehow damage my truck, or the concrete of the warehouse, or the concrete around the shipping dock of the water treatment plant. That shit is so toxic that it instantly eats through just about anything it touches. I've personally witnessed it fall on concrete and immediately eat holes in it. <clears throat> so in the process of researching fluoride, I kept coming across accounts that small amounts were good for your teeth, but over and over and over and over I find that that just isn't true, that there literally isn't any amount, not even the tiniest amount, that is safe for a human to consume. As part of my research, I found a website called warscrime.com that included a history of fluoride that dated from 1931 to the present. And because it was such an accurate summary, I actually looked into all the things that they listed here. And it all seems to be true, although admittedly things are actually a lot worse because I know about the people, some of the people that they talk about that I'm going to tell you about on this list. I know about their histories, and I know about their genealogies, and I know about some of the other crap that they were up to. So it doesn't really surprise me to find their names here as well. So let me give you a small history of fluoride. <clears throat> 1931. Fluoride in drinking water is found to be the cause of brown teeth, which is now known as dental fluorosis. Also in 1931, a man named H. Trendley Dean of the U.S. Public Health Service initiated studies on fluorides under the jurisdiction of Treasury Secretary Alan Mellon. Andrew Mellon, sorry. Note that Andrew Mellon is uh, shows up many other times in history. He's a, an aristocratic bastard who basically helped destroy America. However, interesting to note here for the st story of fluoride, he is one of the founders of Alcoa Aluminum who is one of the main suppliers of toxic sodium fluoride because it's a major byproduct of manufacturing aluminum. And he was friends, personal friends, with H. Trendley Dean. <clears throat> and H. Trendley Dean, probably at Mellon's instigation, published a purposely skewed study showing at one part per million fluoride results in the reduction of tooth decay. However, many other dentists and scientists throughout the 1930s and 40s were never able to replicate that. So we next go to 1940 when Soviet concentration camps maintained by fluoride administration to inmates. Then in 1942, Germany becomes the world's largest producer of aluminum and hence sodium fluoride. However, I wasn't able to actually link 
this to the KZ system in Germany. Although, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they did the same thing as the gulags did. In 1943, researchers from the U.S. Public Health Service examined the health of residents of Bartlett, Texas, to see if the eight parts per million of fluoride in the drinking water was affecting their health. It was checked again ten years later in 1953. They find that the death rate in Bartlett was three times higher than in a neighboring town, which contained 0.4 parts per million of fluoride. That's a significant difference. But of course, you're not told about that. In 1943 as well, the Journal of the American Medical Association states fluorides are general protoplasmic poisons, changing the permeability of the cell membrane by inhibiting certain enzymes. The exact mechanism of such actions are obscure. The sources of fluoride intoxication are drinking water containing one part per million or more fluorine, fluorine compounds used as insecticidal sprays for fruits and vegetables, such as cryolite and barium fluorosilicate, and the mining and conversion of phosphate rock to superphosphate, which is then used as a fertilizer. That process alone releases approximately 25,000 tons of pure fluorine into the atmosphere annually. In 1944, the city manager of Grand Rapids, Michigan, announced that the Michigan State Department of Health is planning a long-range experiment with fluoridated water and that Grand Rapids was selected as the location for the experiment. The city commission approves a motion to fluoridate on July 31, 1944, and decided is to begin in January of 1945, despite the warning issued three months earlier by the American Dental Association. Grand Rapids becomes the first city in the United States to conduct this experiment. It was to serve as the test city to be compared against unfluoridated Muskegon for a period of 10 years relative to tooth decay, at which time it would be determined whether or not fluoride was safe and effective. And our friend and corrupt doctor, Dr. H. Trendley Dean, was put in charge of this project. However, the experiment was terminated strangely early with a pronouncement, but no data, that fluorides in public water was safe. 1944. Oscar Ewing is put on the payroll of the Aluminum Company of America, which is acronymized as Alcoa, as an attorney at an annual salary of $750,000, which I don't even know what that adjusts to for inflation today, but I do know it's it was a lot of money for 1944. Within a few months, Ewan was made Federal Security Administrator with the announcement that he was taking a big cut in salary. The U.S. Public Health Service, then a division of the FSA, comes under the command of Ewing, and he begins to vigorously promote fluoridation nationwide. A byproduct of aluminum manufacture is toxic. Ewing's public relations strategist for the fluoride campaign was the nephew of Sigmund Freud, Edward L. Bernays. Now, if you know Bernays and know his work, he's also the father of propaganda. Bernays conducts a public relations campaign to promote fluorine ingestion by applying Freudian theory to induce public acceptance. It's said to be one of Bernays' most successful campaigns. 1944. The Journal of the American Dental Association on October 1st, 1944 warned that we do know that the cause use of drinking water containing as little as 1.2 to 3.0 ppm of fluorine will cause such developmental disturbances in bones as osteoporosis 
and we cannot run the risk of producing such systemic disturbances in applying what at present is a doubtful procedure intended to prevent de development of dental disfigurement in children. In the light of our present knowledge or lack of knowledge of the chemistry of the subject, the potentialities for farm, harm far outweigh those for good. Does that sound familiar for 2021? Anyways, let's move on. 1945. Newborg, New York, has their water supply fluoridated. Subsequent long-term exams of the children by x-ray reveal that almost 14% have cortical defects in bones, compared to the nearby unfluoridated town of Kingston, where 7.5% have bone defects. Nineteen forty-five. As a result of government propaganda on fluorides, the ten-year Michigan study was terminated after only one year. The fluoride-free control city, Muskegon, was then fluoridated to conceal any different differential between the two cities, which is pretty standard sneaky sneaky on the part of the U.S. government. Nineteen forty-eight. A study done in England where bone defects in three groups of schoolboys were studied. Two groups were from districts where the water supply was practically free of fluoride. The third group was from the town of Lawton, where the natural water supply contains one part per million of fluorine, the same level as deemed safe by the U.S. Public Health Service. X-ray examination revealed that 20% of the first two groups had mild, nonspecific spinal irregularities. In the third group, the one consuming one part per million fluoride in their water, 64% were found to have spinal defects and the lesions were more severe. I decided to end it there because honestly, it was just getting a little bit too much because just in the first, not even two decades of covering this from the list, and I'll put the link in the description box so you guys can look up the full list. I figured that that would be enough to kind of show you, at least give you an idea of what has been done. Because how many times will you have to be poisoned before you say enough is enough? Now, keep in mind here that another side effect of fluoride poisoning in a population is a significant lowering of the cognitive capacities, poisoning the mind as well as promoting ill health and cancer in the body. Also keep in mind that when combined with all the other information, such as about Projects Chaos, Mockingbird, and others, that this is just another layer to add to the massive layer cake mound of evidence proving that our feudal lords are deliberately attempting to bring about idiocracy via poisoning the peasants. So I'll leave you with the admission by an IG Farben chemist that fluoride was only added to the water supply because it makes the population less resistant to authority. And look at what has happened to the world since the 1940s when it was added regularly to the water all over the first world. Shit that is utterly intolerable has suddenly become tolerable by drugged, dumbed-down, idiotic sheep, peasant livestock. Very shameful, but very effective.